Hello and welcome to Sports Talk on a Budget. My name is Cody and I'll be the host of this show. Uh, just a little bit of background here. I'm basically just a fan like the rest of you. Just a huge fan of sports, football, basketball, baseball, you name it. Have been my entire life. That's basically one of the main things that people know me by. I do have a little bit of experience reporting sports. I did write and report for the uh, Coast Report, the OCC student newspaper. While I was there, I was both the sports editor and then I was also a sports writer on there for a whole uh, for a whole year. So I do have a little bit of experience there. But I'm basically going to run this show, going to go over the current events in sports, give you my opinion and kind of just go over what I think is going to happen and what, what I believe will happen with the events going on as well. Topics for today are going to be the NBA playoffs. I'll give you my predictions and who I think is going to win the whole thing. Also, the same thing with the NHL. I'll give you my predictions on the playoffs there and who will be the eventual Stanley Cup champion, in my opinion. And then finally, I'll end the show going over uh, baseball as of right now, about a month and a half into the season, and already six no-hitters. And if you want to count Madison Bumgarner's seven-inning no-hitter on a double-header, there's technically seven no-hitters this year. Go over uh, what I think about that and if I think that's really good for baseball and why I think there has been so many no-hitters and there's probably going to be a decent amount more going forward as well. All right, first things first, going to go over my NBA playoff predictions. Going to start on the Western side there with uh, the one versus eight matchup. Now, the eight seed hasn't been decided yet. Golden State and Memphis will play for that tonight. I believe Golden State will win that game, but either way, whoever wins that, I think is going to be a first-round exit. I'm going to go with the Jazz as the one seed over whoever does end up in that eight seed. Moving on to the 4-5 matchup, the Los Angeles Clippers and the Dallas Mavericks. I think this is going to be a really good series, just like it was last year in the bubble. Give the Clippers the slight edge because I do believe in Kawhi, and I think that they're going to be very hungry after another disappointing exit last year and uh, last year's playoffs in the bubble. So I think the Clippers will edge that out. Do love Luka Doncic and think that he is going to be one of the better players going forward in his uh, NBA career, but still a little bit early in his career. Next, we're going to move to the 3-6 matchup, the Denver Nuggets versus the Portland Trailblazers. This one is really another great matchup as well. I hate that Jamal Murray has to be out for the Denver Nuggets because I really think that they could have been a team that might have been able to take the whole thing if Jamal Murray wasn't out. But with, with uh, without Jamal Murray, it's basically all on Jokic and uh, Michael Porter Jr. And that's why I believe that the uh, Trailblazers will win this series. I think Dame's just too much for them. C.J. McCollum's back. Nurkic is back. They're finally a healthy team. I think they'll be able to knock out the Denver Nuggets in the first round there. And then finally, the 2 versus 7 matchup, the 2-seed Phoenix Suns and the 7-seed the Los Angeles Lakers. Now, I think this is going to be another great series, a great matchup basically across the board, maybe outside of the 1-8 matchup in the West here. But I may be in the minority, but I'm going to be taking the Suns here. I think Chris Paul has been on a mission all year, should be an MVP candidate, at least finish in the top five. And I think that the Lakers are just a little bit more banged up, and people do want to talk about it, but they do want, don't want to mention it that much. I mean, their their game the other night against Golden State, I didn't. They had both LeBron, AD, and uh, and Dennis Schroeder had a terrible first half. Terrible first half. They gave them, ended up rallying in the second half, but they basically beat a Golden State team, which is pretty much Steph Curry or bust. And it took them basically everything and a crazy, uh, basically a 33, 35-foot shot by LeBron at the end to win that game. It took everything they had. I think that was a, bit, a little bit alarming from what I saw there. So I do think the Suns, with Chris Paul, who's on a mission, Devin Booker's playing great all year. Now they do have a size disadvantage, but I think Aiton will play pretty good. But I'm going to take the Suns here, and like I said, I think I'm in the minority there as well. 
moving on to the second round, we have the one seed Utah Jazz versus the four seed Los Angeles Clippers. I think this is going to be another great series. No one's been uh, giving the Jazz any love this year. No one's been talking about them. Basically flown under the radar for the best record in the league. Obviously best record in the West. But I'm still going to go with the Clippers here. I think this is, if it's now or never for the Clippers, they need to make some kind of run here. The pressure is on Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Teron Liu there. I think they do show up and they do step up and they beat the Jazz there. Donovan Mitchell isn't going to be 100%. I think that really does hurt them in this series. Even though I love the Jazz, I think the uh, Clippers will end up beating them in that series. May go seven games, though. And then you move down to the uh, three, the two-versus-three matchup there. Sorry, two-versus-six matchup. We have the two-seed, the Phoenix Suns, versus the six-seed, the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I think that'll be another great series. Two teams that are great backcourts, obviously, with you have a uh, Chris Paul and Devin Booker versus Damian Lillard and C.J. McCollum. So that'll be a huge matchup there. Blazers probably have a little bit more playoff experience, but I like the Suns here as well. I think Chris Paul, like I said, I think he's just on a mission. He's He wants to take the Suns team far. He wants to show that he is one of the better point guards of this generation and all time. So I like the Suns in this matchup. I think this is another series that's going to go six or seven games. And then that moves us to the Western Conference Finals, Clippers versus Suns. I'm probably a minority of anybody making predictions that has that Western Conference Finals because most people have the Lakers, maybe even the Jazz as well. But when it comes to Clippers' Suns, I like the Clippers in this. Obviously, this would be their first Western Conference Finals appearance as a franchise, which is crazy because they've had some talented teams over the years. But I think they're just Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Tron Liu. I think they're just they're hungry. They need to make up for last year and other disappointing seasons. So I think they will end up beating the Suns and going to the Finals. All right, now moving over to the Eastern Conference, and we'll start off with the uh, one versus eight matchup: 76ers versus Washington Wizards. I think this one's probably going to be a five-game, maybe six at the most series. I think the Sixers, their size with Embiid, just way too much for them. And then Simmons, Tobias Harris coming on. Sixers just way much firepower for the Washington Wizards. And then moving on to the four-five matchup: the New York Knicks versus the Atlanta Hawks. Definitely did not think this would be. A playoff matchup going into the season didn't think the Knicks or the Hawks would be playoffs teams but both surprising teams both kind of young teams not a lot of playoff experience now the Knicks do have Derrick Rose who's been a lot of playoff series so I think that will um, help them and that will be uh, huge for them and then I trust Tom Thibodeau a little bit more than Nick McMillan that's why I'm going with the Knicks over the Hawks here but I believe this is going to be a sec a six or seven game series will be a great series two young teams maybe two future teams that we could see competing in the uh, in the east going forward and now we're going to move over to the um, to the three versus six matchup in the Bucks and the Heat and I think this is maybe the best matchup of the entire playoffs in the first round the Heat and the Bucks. I mean, the Heat demolished the Bucks last year and just dominated them from every angle. And but I think that's why the Bucks come back this year. Drew Holiday, PJ Tucker, they're a different team. I think a better team than they were last year. Come back hungry and they do beat the Heat, even though the Heat have come on at the end of the season. Jimmy Butler's been playing well. Bam Adebayo has gotten back on track at the end of the season. But I do believe that the uh, the Bucks are the better team and they will win this series. It may take seven games, but I do believe they'll win this series. And then moving on to the uh, two versus seven matchup, then the Brooklyn Nets and the Boston Celtics. Now, uh, full disclosure, I am a, a Boston fan, not exactly a Boston Celtics fan, but I am a Red Sox and Patriots fan, and I root for the Celtics as well from time to time. 
don't like their matchup here uh, without Jalen Brown. I think that really hurts because Jalen Brown could be a guy that you could put on Kevin Durant, maybe slow him down a little bit. And uh, Kemba, he has been playing better as late, but still kind of dealing with some of the injuries. And the Nets just have too much firepower. Now, I don't love their chemistry. Harden, Kyrie, and Durant barely have played not even 10 games together as a, as a big three all year. So I don't love their chemistry, but I do love them, do love them in this first-round matchup against the Celtics. Just way too much offensive firepower. Probably be high-scoring games, but I think the uh, Brooklyn Nets will probably win this in five or six, I believe. And then uh, moving on to the second round, we have the one seed, the Philadelphia 76ers versus the New York Knicks. Love the New York Knicks. Great uh, story this year, but this is as far as they go. They don't have near the firepower or just near the team to compete with the 76ers. Randall might be able to play and slow down Embiid, but probably not exactly. I think Embiid, Simmons, Harris, with the coaching of Doc Rivers and just the depth of the Philadelphia 76ers just overwhelms the Knicks in that series. Probably a five six games at most series then if you uh, move down to the uh, two versus three matchup the Brooklyn Nets versus the Bucks I think the Bucks win this series I don't like I said I don't love the chemistry and the lack of chemistry basically that the uh, that the Nets have with their big three and I don't love I don't think they can just turn it on they might be able to, it'll be good enough to beat the Celtics but I don't think good enough to beat the Bucks and the Bucks did beat them in a back-to-back game at the end of the season there so they do play them well and they do match up well and the the Nets have no size and no one no answer for Giannis so I think Giannis will have his way the entire series so I'm going to go with the Bucks here and uh, that'll set up a Bucks 76ers one versus three matchup in the Eastern Conference Finals I think this would be a great Eastern Conference Finals you have Embiid versus Giannis probably the two best bigs in the game uh, Drew Holiday Tobias Harris, Ben Simmons, PJ Tucker, Chris Middleton. Just there's some there's some decent star power there, but in this year I think Milwaukee has the edge. I I just love the way that they've played this year. I feel like they are flying under the radar, which is good for them because there's been a lot of pressure on them the last couple of years. I like I prefer I think Giannis is a better overall player versus Joel Embiid. I know a lot of people may not agree with that, but I like Milwaukee's overall team chemistry and their team unit and I think they'll win this game. It probably will take seven games, but I do believe that they'll win this game, setting up a Bucks versus Clippers NBA championship. And I mean, that would be probably not many people picking that, and it's pretty out of left field. But this just I like the matchups for both of the teams going through. Even though I think the Bucks have a tough road going through the Heat, Nets, and 76ers, they they get all the way to the Eastern Con, they get all the way to the finals, and they're facing the Clippers. So that's that's a very tough road. But that's going to mean you're battle-tested, and I think they will win the NBA Finals this year. I believe the NBA um, NBA champion will be the Milwaukee Bucks. I don't think the Clippers have any answers for Giannis. Kawhi will get his. That'll be fine. I don't know if I trust Paul George in the Finals. I think he'll have a good playoff series, better probably one of the better that he's had in his career going forward this year. But I still don't trust him that much, and I... I prefer. I think the. Uh, I think Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday will have a great series as well. And like I said, the Clippers have no answer for Giannis, so I'm going to go with the Bucks here to win the entire thing over the Los Angeles Clippers. The Milwaukee Bucks, I believe, will be the NBA champions, uh, obviously in late June, early July. All right, moving on over to the NHL, and I'm going to uh, full disclosure going before I get into this. I am a hockey fan, but I'm not a huge hockey fan, so I don't have a whole lot of knowledge, but I thought it'd be fun since I picked the NBA playoffs to do an NHL round and pick the NHL playoffs, and 
to be honest, the NHL playoffs are always one of the most entertaining things to watch in sports. So let's go ahead and get it started. Starting with the North bracket, which is the Canadian bracket, basically. Now the NHL playoffs, unlike the NBA playoffs, is already underway. So some of these first round matchups have already kind of, you've seen teams kind of flex their muscles and show that they're the better team. So these some of these first round matchups, their predictions were not very hard from what I've seen already. Uh, looking at a one seed Toronto versus four seed Montreal. Now Montreal won the first game, which I thought was a shock because I think Toronto was the best team in this bracket going in. But I think Toronto will be able to overcome that and win this series over Montreal. Probably may take them six games now after losing that first game. All right, now moving on to the uh, two three matchup up there in the northern bracket. We have the Edmonton Oilers going up against the Winnipeg Jets. Now, Winnipeg did take game one, which I also thought was a shock, but I do think Edmonton will bounce back and win the series. Connor McDavid and the guys they have up there, I think, are just too much for the Jets, and I think they'll um, overall take care of that and move on to the next round. Now, moving to the central bracket where we have um, Carolina versus Nashville in the one-versus-four matchup. Now, Carolina is already 2-0 and in that series. I believe that they will finish out that series probably about five or six and move on to the next round. Look at and then move down to the Florida versus Tampa Bay bracket, two versus three. Tampa Bay is currently leading that series two to one, and I think we'll finish that series as well. Tampa's just got way too much offensive firepower, obviously, as defending champions. Florida does have a great team and did have a great year, but I believe Tampa will finish that series. But that could go the distance. That may be a seven-game series just to get to the end there. Now, if we go back up to the North bracket um, in the uh, second-round matchup, the one versus two matchup with uh, Toronto versus Edmonton. Now, obviously, like I said, Edmonton with McDavid and just the firepower and the offensive firepower specifically that they have is going to be a lot to handle. But Toronto, I think, has been the best Canadian team all year. I think they'll show that again, and I think they will beat the Edmonton Oilers. may take about six or seven games, but I think they will beat the Edmonton Oilers and move on to the Stanley Cup semifinals. And then we move down to the central bracket where we have the Carolina Hurricanes versus the Tampa Bay Lightning. This one's going to be, this one could go back and forth and could be a great one. Obviously, like I said earlier, Tampa Bay is the defending Stanley Cup champions and always has a good offensive team. But I believe Carolina is just the better overall team this year and they will move on and win that series. Probably, I think, in about six games, maybe seven, and move on to the Stanley Cup semifinals as well, where they will meet up with Toronto. And that obviously, I think, will be a great series as well. I think that'll be another seven-game series, but my pick in that one is going to be Toronto. Now, Toronto has been a snake-bitten franchise. has won the Stanley Cup in decades, and I think this could be their best opportunity, and I think they will take advantage of that opportunity, and they will get to the Stanley Cup Finals, beating the Carolina Hurricanes in the uh, semifinals there. Now, we move over to the east and west side, the east bracket, um, starting with the, the one-versus-four matchup with the um, Pittsburgh Penguins taking on the New York Islanders. Uh, Pittsburgh's already up 2-1 to one in that series. I believe they'll finish that series out probably about five or six games and move on to the next round. Now we go down to the two-versus-three matchup, the, the Washington Capitals versus the Boston Bruins. This has been a great matchup, great series so far. All three games have gone to overtime, with game three going to double overtime, and just kind of an error made by uh, Washington's goalie giving up that turnover at the end of the um, in the uh, second overtime there leading to Boston's win 
I think this will be a back and forth series. I do think Boston will win this series. I may take six or seven games because this has already gone three games, three overtime games, so very close contested series. But I think Boston will move on in this series and move on to the next round. Now, if you go over to the West with the uh, with the Colorado Avalanche and the uh, Vegas, I mean, sorry, and the uh, St. Louis Blues, the one versus four matchup. Colorado's already up two to nothing in that series, and I think we'll finish out that series probably in about five games. Colorado has just been a great team, great regular season. Obviously, a young team maybe didn't expect to be this good this early, but they've been able to keep that momentum into the playoffs, winning those first two games, and I think they'll win this series no problem and move on to the next round. Then we move on to the Vegas Golden Knights versus the Minnesota Wild. Vegas is already up two to one in that series, and I believe we'll finish that series probably in about five. Minnesota just Minnesota got their one win, but I think that's all they give Vegas. I think it's just the far superior team in this series as well. Go back up to the second round in the Eastern bracket. There, uh, we got Pittsburgh Penguins versus Boston Bruins. Great series, ton of star power. Sidney Crosby, Patrice Bergeron, Brad Marchand, and just tons of uh, star power, tons of playoff experience. I believe Boston will end up winning the series. I think it may take six or seven games, but I think. Boston, like I said, with Marshawn and Bergeron and Pasternak, just maybe too much firepower there on the offensive side. And I think that's what will end up making um, having them win this series and getting past Pittsburgh there and moving on to the uh, Stanley Cup semifinals as well. And then we move over down to the uh, West bracket, Colorado versus Vegas. Maybe two of the best teams in the entire league. Both teams have just been great all year. Hot teams, very good overall teams as well. I mean, this this is going to be a great series. I think it'll go seven as well. I like Colorado in this series, but I, Vegas has been, like I said, one of the better teams all year. I think Colorado edges them out here. Uh, maybe just a little bit better overall goaltending play, but I mean, Vegas has got Marc-Andre Fleury, so he can always turn it on as well. But I think Colorado will win this series, may take seven games, may have to win that seventh game, obviously, in Las Vegas, but I think they will win this series and move on to the Stanley Cup semifinals. So that sets up two semifinal matchups. You got Toronto versus Carolina, which we already have Toronto moving on there. And then obviously we have Boston versus Colorado. I think this could be a great series as well, but I just like Colorado and the way they've played this year. They've been a very consistent team, very just they they really haven't taken their foot off the gas all year and been one of the best teams all year so i'm going to go with colorado to beat boston probably in a six game series but i like colorado in that series and that'll set up the stanley cup finals versus uh, toronto versus colorado and i think toronto finally breaks through i mean it's been decades and decades for them but i think they finally break through and get that ever elusive stanley cup title that they've been waiting for and that um, franchise has been starving for for decades and decades one of the oldest franchises one of the original Toronto just a huge hockey town up there I think they finally get through and they win the Stanley Cup finals beating the Colorado Avalanche in about six or seven games so that's my uh, NHL and NBA playoff predictions like I said I'm not huge um, I'm not huge on knowledge for the NHL but I do love watching the playoffs and Stanley Cup playoffs are some of the most entertaining things to watch just a great postseason there I think the NBA postseason will live up to the hype as well some great matchups in the first round some great matchups overall a lot of um, ifs a lot of injuries so we there would could be uh, moves and uh, injuries and things that happen early on that kind of derail everything but I'm hoping that we have a clean uninjury free and we could see the best teams take on each other in the best rounds and in the um, in the most pivotal rounds and so we can get a full kind of scope 
of the playoffs, and so we know who is the best team. We can see who the best team is, both in the NBA and the NHL. And and finally, moving on to my last topic of the show, we're going to go into the MLB and just the interesting dilemma that they kind of have. Six no-hitters already, and if you um, count the... Uh, Madison Bumgarn seven inning no hitter and a double header, which they only play seven innings, which I do count. That's I believe that should be a no hitter. If he gets a complete game stat and he gets, he should be able to get a no hitter stat. I don't understand why they don't give that no hitter to him. But either way, technically seven no hitters already on the season, and we're a month and a half into the season. So, kind of a dilemma that the MLB is uh, looking at. Obviously, pitchers are pitching well, but some of these guys, Wade Miley. Uh, John Means, some of these guys. Corey Kluber is a good pitcher, so that one makes sense. Uh, you had a Trumbull the other night that threw one. So some random guys throwing no-headers. And I, I have a couple of um, theories on why that is. First of all, just I don't believe hitters are as good these days as they were in the 90s, in the early 2000s. Now you say, okay, well, they're not using steroids. But I believe in the 80s, in the 90s, early 2000s, hitters were just better they were there was they were hitting for average they were hitting for power they were able to go opposite field they were able to hit hit the ball over the park where a lot of hitters these days just very one trick ponies they either hit the ball all the park or they strike out there's not much in between and a lot of it is about analytics as well because it's all about launch angles all these things and like i said all these guys trying to just hit the ball all the park yeah chicks love the long ball but they also don't love to see you hit one home run and then strike out the other three times. So let's have a little bit more consistency. A lot of these guys don't hit the opposite field. If you look at the top 10 home run, uh, the top 10 home run hitters right now, or at least who are at top 10 in the league right now when home runs, there's only two guys hitting in over 300 out of those 10. And that's uh, J.D. Martinez and I think Vlad Guerrero Jr. are the two guys that are hitting over 300 that have that are in the top 10 in home runs right now. And if you go down the list, I believe out of the top 20, there's only about four hitting above 300 because you guys you have guys like Giancarlo Stanton, even Shohei Otani, uh, Joey Gallo, people like that who hit 220, 230, 240, but they're going to hit 20, 30, 20, 30, 40 home runs a year. And that's really what baseball's become. It's either it's basically all or nothing. You either hit a home run and you strike out. And I think that that's not good for the league. That's not good going forward. Baseball does have a little bit of uh, entertainment. They want to make sure that they um, shorten the game, make it more entertaining. They are losing some of their um, some of new fans. They still have their casual and their older fans, but they're not really adapting and not really showing themselves to the younger generation. And with all these no-hitters, I'd love to go to a park and watch a no-hitter, but I'm a big baseball fan. I've always been a baseball fan. If you want to attract more of an audience and more of a young audience as well, no-hitters aren't the way to go. They want to see more runs scored and things like that. And if the runs are only being scored by the long ball, yeah, home runs are great to watch, but not when they're only hit every once in a while and you're striking out You're striking out. Eight out of the ten times you're up at bat. So I believe that baseball needs to figure that out. Maybe you need to move the mound back a little bit. Or maybe they just need to change the psyche of the league right now. Because like I said, it's all about analytics, launch angles, things like that. A lot of these coaches aren't even coaching. They're getting direction from general managers and scouts about how to coach the game, how to um, how to coach the pitchers, how to coach the batters, all those things. Pitch counts, uh, when you take somebody out. 
it's just all about analytics these days and i do like analytics but i don't think analytics need to be everything about baseball sometimes you need to just go out there and play the game and a lot of these new players can't do that they don't hit opposite field that's why there's shifts going on almost for every player there's some sort of shift and for some players there are drastic shifts where the guy just pulls the ball and they just move the entire infield over to the left side if he's a right-handed batter and he hits into that a bunch of times and that's why his average isn't that great and that's why you're able to get no hitters so maybe maybe outlawing shifts will be another way for the MLB to move forward to uh, get a little bit more positive impact and a little bit more entertaining product as well but definitely a dilemma and I don't know what they're going to do to figure it out but seven no hitters in a month and a half which is cool but I don't think it's a good thing for the league overall and I think it's something that they definitely need to address and see what they could do because if you have seven no hitters in a month and a half we could have possibly 20 no hitters in the entire year and that would be way way above the actual uh, record for most in a year and we're actually getting pretty close i want to say the record for most in a year was about 10 to 12 something like that when you have seven and it's only may 21st so definitely a dilemma that they need to figure out and uh, hopefully they do because like I said, I'm a huge baseball fan. I want to see it stick around, and I want to see it have um, popularity and be a popular sport going forward that can challenge the likes of the NFL and the NBA to a lesser extent, but definitely the NFL, who is king by far in American sports. Well, thank you for watching the show. Like I said, my name is Cody, and this is Sports Talk on a Budget. If you have any comments or anything that you want to put in there about some of my opinions or predictions, definitely do. Like I said, if you have some comments about my NHL predictions, go ahead, rip me for some of them. And my NHL predictions, my knowledge isn't great on that, but I have thick skin and I'm willing to be ripped as well as the NBA is why well. I do have a little bit more knowledge on the NBA. But if you want to rip me on my NBA predictions, definitely um, do that as well. If you want to throw in some ideas that you have that the MLB can maybe move forward and get a better product out there a more entertaining product and maybe less just home runs and strikeouts and more just overall hits and better average for players if you have some ideas throw in the comment section but like i said thank you for listening my name is cody and you're listening to sports talk on a budget thank you